Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church to make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. How many people are ready to start off a week that's going to be led by the Holy Spirit, that's going to lead to open doors, favor and grace from God? Come on. That's the God that we serve, and we believe that he is with us, he is for us, and not against us. So before you have a seat, why don't you look at somebody close to you and greet them, however you want, air five, or tell them it's good to see you in the house of God. It's good to see you once again. And if you've done that already, you can have a seat. We're getting ready today to start a new two-part series. We just found out it was a two-part series in the service before. Uh, we tried to finish it up in one day, and it was... It was not possible to do so. But today we want to talk about keeping the thief out. I want you to look at the person next to you and tell them, you got to make sure you keep the thief out. Keep the thief out. I want you guys to picture your life as a house. We have people that come visit us and come to our house and we let friends in. We let family members in. And there's other kinds of people that we don't know and we just meet them at the door. Am I right? We're careful as to who we let into our house. So just as you decide who you're going to let into your house, who you're going to let come into your personal space, in the spirit world, you need to understand that your words and your deeds, your actions determine what you allow into your house, into your life. There's certain things that you could say. There's certain actions that give legal authority to destructive things to come into your life. So that's, that's what we're talking about here in the next couple of weeks, keeping the thief out. And I want to start with this. The Bible is very clear that there is a spiritual world that we cannot see. When we talk about spiritual, we're talking about invisible things. There is a spiritual world that we can't see. There's a spiritual world, world of good, which is the kingdom of God. Everybody say the kingdom of God. And the Bible tells us that there's ministering angels all around us that are there put by God to minister to us. Did you know that? The Bible says that some of the angels that God created have the sole purpose to minister to you. Now, you should never pray to an angel. We pray to God, but God activates angels in your favor. God opens the doors and you're going through a burden. You're going through a, a spiritual attack. You're going through something. Uh, your, your money's all out of whack or your health, you got health issues. God sends angels. And there's a lot of accounts in the Bible about how God sent angels to fight on behalf of mortals, fight on behalf of us. But we don't see them. We don't see angels. Very few people. My dad had the privilege once of uh, God just unveiled his eyes and allowed him to see the spiritual realm and saw an angel standing uh, right by his door. He was bigger than the doorpost. He was about eight foot and he had a sword. And it was during a time that my dad was questioning or saying, God, why would, why would you allow? We're going through some stuff in our life uh, back when I was a kid. And, and he just stayed meditating on that at night. And all of a sudden, God opened his eyes and he was able to see a, an angel standing at the door with, a, with like a sword. 
and just standing guard like this. And all of a sudden, he just vanished. He vanished from his sight, but he stayed there. Today, if God just opened your spiritual eyes and allowed you to see the spiritual realm, there will be angels all around this place. But the spiritual world cannot be seen unless God gives you the ability to see it. But just as there's a spiritual world of good, you have to know, and the Bible teaches, that there's also a spiritual world of evil. It's the kingdom of darkness, and we know who rules that. It's Satan with his demons. Now, what are demons? I don't have a lot of time to get into this, but the Bible says that there was a rebellion in heaven, and that's how all of this started. Lucifer was the angel of light, but he wanted to be just like God, and God said, look, there's no room for two of us here. I'm God. And so God kicked him out of heaven. But before he did that, Lucifer, which had a spirit of rebellion, started, you know, telling and rebelling angels against God. So the Bible says that when Lucifer was cast out of heaven, a third, one third, 33.333% of all the angels in heaven were cast down. Those angels are no longer angels. They're fallen angels. The Bible calls them demons. And we're going to get into this because, you know, it's unfortunate that a lot of people don't believe in these things. They think that they're just fables and they think that it's just make-believe stuff. But it's in the Bible. And if you go, go along your life thinking that this is not true, you are ignoring something that could be wreaking havoc in your own life. You could be going through stuff that you don't understand why it's happening. And you're ignoring the very existence of that that's causing what you're going through. So the Bible is very clear about this, and there are sometimes broken fences in our lives. There's doors that we can open through which demons can enter. And if we allow it, demons could oppress us, demons can influence us, De demons have the power to create obsessions in us. And even sometimes control us or possess us. There's oppression, which is from the outside in. But there's also possession. Some people that are possessed by evil spirits. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, the Bible says this. Don't give place to the devil. Don't give place to the devil. Another version says, do not give the devil a foothold. I want you to look at the person close to you and tell them, don't give place to the devil. Don't let him in. Shut the door. Well, pastor, shut the door. How? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about the next couple of weeks. But I just want to make this clear that God gives us a command. And he says, listen, don't give a place because God is for you. He is a loving father. He has any resource that we could ever need to live a successful life. You can even live with joy in the midst of chaos and in the midst of adversity. God has that disposition. He he has all that for you, but if you give the devil or the enemy legal right, even though God wants to bless you and God wants you to walk in freedom every day of your life, walk in joy, when you give freedom to the enemy and you open certain doors, he has legal authority to come and wreak havoc. So the Bible tells us how these, a little bit of how these demons operate. Demons are spiritual beings who need to enter into a body in order to carry out their evil desires and therefore satisfy their passions. So I want you to go with me to the book of Luke, chapter 11 and verse 24. We're going to read all the way through 26 so that you can see for yourself that I'm not making this up. This is in the word of God. It's in your Bible. The Bible says in verse 24, when an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert searching for rest. 
But when it finds none, everybody say, when it finds none, it says, man, you know what? I'm going to return to the person I came from. So it returns and it finds that its former home is all swept and it's in order. There's enough space. So look what it does. The, the spirit finds seven other spirits worse than itself and they all enter the person and they stay there to what? They don't vacation there. It's not spring break for them. It's what? They come there to live. And so that person is worse off than before. So before we get into the doors and all that stuff that we're going to talk about in just a few minutes, I want you to understand how these evil spirits work. They are not, they don't find rest when they are outside of a body. They need to find somebody that gives them legal authority to come in so that they can wreak havoc and do what they're called to do. To mess up your life. To destroy, and we'll get into that in just a bit. So the Bible says that when you come to church, for example, on a day like today, and you start understanding doors that maybe unconsciously you opened without even knowing, ignoring the possibility that they could come in, you start closing them, like we're going to close today. But then the, the evil spirit needs to, needs to take off. But what happens? If we don't fill that space that the evil spirit was occupying with the power of the Holy Spirit... This evil spirit's going to be back. And he's going to bring seven of his little friends, which are worse than him. And now how many are going to be living inside the person? Eight. So you had one evil spirit last Sunday, and now you were set free by the power of God. But because you didn't pray and ask God to fill you every single day to walk in holiness. And now, next Sunday, you have eight evil spirits, and you end up, what, worse than you were. So why does Jesus tell this parable is, is so that we can know how the spirit realm operates. You see, tell the person next to you, you can't ignore how the devil operates. He's your adversary. So you got to know his battle tactics. You got to know how he works so that you could shut doors and keep the thief out. So the minute we give our lives to Jesus, many demons flee. Because we accepted Jesus' forgiveness. And a lot of things that had us bound or that controlled us, they left. But there are other demons who by legal right. We talked last week about authority. You guys remember? What is the definition of authority? It's the legal right to use a power. Right? So sometimes when you open certain doors, you do certain things, it gives a demon a legal right that even though you accepted Jesus in your heart, it gives them legal right to come and start doing what they do. So unknowingly, we can give deceitful spirits permission to stay and torment us, control us, obsess us about certain things. So in the story that we just read, when demons were cast out of the person, they're going to be looking around and stuff and they're going to feel uneasy and they're going to want to come back. I don't know, I don't know if you ever heard people use the phrase, man, I don't know what came over me. I just did this. I never thought I'd do something like that, but I don't know. It's like something, there's, a, there's a, even a funny saying saying, the devil made me do it. How many of you guys ever heard that saying, right? The, the devil made me do it. And some, 
sometimes it's like a cop-out over some, somebody did something bad and they're trying to blame somebody. But there are instances where people are controlled by spirits and they cause horrendous acts and it's because they open doors and the enemy really did influence that person to do something evil. This is real, people. There are doors we can leave open for demons to come in. So what are some of these open doors? What are some of these doors that we can open giving evil spirits the legal right to come into our lives and disturb us? And today we're going to focus on one. Next week we're going to talk about three or four. But today I want to focus on the occult. Everybody say the occult. That's a very broad statement. The occult can be a lot of things. And we're going to get into this because... There's just an allure for the occult, for things that are unknown, for mysteries of life, for the spirit realm, right? The occult. And I just, want, I just want you to know that this is something you shouldn't mess with. The occult is something you should stay out of. When you mess with the occult, you're opening doors to the real powers of evil. And what's the occult? Well, let me mention a few. Divination, fortune-telling, Alchemy, astrology, magic, witchcraft, santeria, brujeria, for those that are Spanish-speaking, ruins. Then there's some other uh, more popular ways of tapping into the occult, like playing the Ouija board, right? That's a popular one. Tarot cards. All over the city you could see signs of people, listen, we'll read you your future. We will throw some cards and see what they say for you horoscope you know i'm a leo because i was born in august i am i'm pisces i'm and then we we read these and we don't realize that by tapping into these things we are tapping into the occult so whether you've done it consciously or unconsciously if you've participated in any of these activities that i've spoken today or have mentioned you've opened the door to the enemy of your soul and what does is what is the enemy of our soul do? What is his objective? Well, if you go to John verse 10, 10, in the New International Version, it says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Everybody say it with me. The thief, the thief's purpose is to what? Steal, to kill, and destroy. Come on, again. The thief's purpose is what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. Well, Jesus said, my purpose, though, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I don't know if you see the contrast, how set apart they are. It's like black and white. Jesus came to give us life. Another version says an abundant life, a blessed life, so for you to live with hope, live with peace. But then we have the counterpart. We have the enemy, the thief that we're trying to keep out. Which comes to do three, three things, church, which is what? Once again, steal, kill, and destroy. Now, I love the version, the new international version, because it, it makes it clear. It says, the thief comes only to steal, kill. He doesn't do anything else. Those are his three objectives. He was kicked out of heaven. He is pissed, and he wants to drag as many people to hell with him as possible. So he doesn't care. He has no feelings. He doesn't feel sorry. He just wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So he's going to do, and he's patient, let me tell you. He has no rush getting to hell. Can't blame him. He has no rush. So he's patient. 
He waits for you to just let your guard down, to just stop praying. In a difficult season, you're going through a lot so you didn't have time to pray. He's just waiting for a weak moment to go and you open a door so that he could get in and sneak in so that he could steal, kill, and destroy. This is real. This is how the enemy works. Now we have Almighty God on our side, but you have to understand that if you don't read the word and if you don't know what are some of the doors that you could be opening without you knowing that you're giving legal right to the enemy, you could have God by your side, but God cannot, cannot intervene when you've given legal right to the enemy to do something. So the next question is, why do people tap into the occult? Why do people read horoscopes? Why do people do all these things? And I started asking myself this question this week. And I think it's because we're all spirit beings. The Bible says that when God created Adam, he got the dirt, right? And he gave him form. And it was like a human being, but there was no life in him. When did Adam come to life and become a human being? The Bible says that God breathed on him. Something of God, of that spirit being, was pressed on, and then the human being became a human being. So you are not just what you see in the mirror. There's spirit being inside of us. And I think that God created that longing to, for our spirit to connect to God's spirit, you know, so that we could seek him. But sometimes because we don't have the right direction or because we don't, you know, get the Bible's direction, God's direction on how to connect with God, we start testing different things. And, and we have this desire and this craving to connect to things that are, you know, that are powerful and that are supernatural. It's in us. The thing is that sometimes we use it the wrong way. The Bible says in Matthew 12, 30, Jesus said this, whoever is not with me is what? Is against me. And whoever does not gather with me scatters. So I want you to understand this, that there's no gray area. You're either in the light or you're in the darkness. There's no in between. It's not about, well, I'm in the light on Sundays and then Monday through Saturdays, you know, I'm kind of gray-ish, right? Kind of in between. I got one foot in, one foot out, depending on how I feel. Today I feel, I feel like sinning a little, you know, just... Or, or at least trying to bend the rules. See how close to the edge I can get without, you know. It doesn't work that way. You're either in or out. And Jesus made it clear. So I want you to understand that with the occult, there's no such thing as good witchcraft. There's no such thing as white magic. Oh, it's, it's santeria, but it's for good. Listen, no. If it's the occult, you're tapping into spirits of evil. It's either light which is God, or it's darkness, which is Satan's realm, and there's no gray. So the desire for the spiritual realm was instilled in us by God. There's a desire, there's a longing inside every human being to connect the spirit part of you to the spirit of God, because that is how you flourish. That is how you connect with your divine purpose. That is where you tap into all these resources that sometimes we lack here in the physical world, but through the spiritual world, through faith, we receive them and we could overcome. We could be more than conquerors. How many say amen? So why are people so intrigued with the occult? Well, for many reasons. People tap into the occult to have someone guide them or help them. 
How many of you guys have ever heard that they went to see somebody because they needed a guide, they needed help? I got this situation and I, need, and I need help. So they went to a medium. They went to somebody that could tell them how to overcome. And sometimes misguided by friends or acquaintances or people, uh, we have open doors to be influenced by demons. 2 Corinthians 11.14 says this, Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Satan, the devil, he disguises himself as an angel of light. Of course, man. You see, you wake up in the middle of the morning or at three in the morning and you see a devil with a pitchfork and a tail and, you know, you're going to throw something at it, right? Or just at least run or say, I rebuke you, right? You're going to do something because it's the devil. But he doesn't come that way. He comes in a way that's attractive. He comes dressed like a wolf in sheep clothing, right? Comes dressed like an angel of light, but there ain't nothing light about him. So 1 Samuel 23, 4, I want you to see this because we're talking about why people tap into the occult and the first reason is because people want to be guided. People want answers to the problems or not. You probably got situations in your life right now that you're asking and you're trying to find an answer and sometimes it's not so clear or it doesn't come in the time you want. You get desperate and you start doing things that you never thought you would. But I love this because... This is, uh, this is just so clear about how God works. David had a situation, and in 1 Samuel 23, 4, it says, so David asked the Lord again, and it says, and again the Lord replied. Come on, touch somebody and tell them every time you ask God, he's going to reply. You're not always going to get the reply that you want, but he's always going to reply for your good. So it says, David asked the Lord again, and again the Lord replied, and God told him, go down to Kayla, for I will help you conquer the Philistines. David inquired, not a medium, inquired God for help for something. He needed to go into battle, but he needed direction. He needed instruction. And he went and he consulted with God. His spirit connected with God's spirit and God answered just like he had done in the past and God told him, he spoke to him. How many of you believe that God still speaks? Problem you don't hear God's voice is probably because you don't inquire of God. You don't ask him. You don't, you don't bring God into your personal situations. Or maybe you do, but just once you say, God, help me. And you, you think it's like a microwave that you press two seconds and it's done. No, sometimes it takes months or weeks and, or just persevering until you get an answer. But the Bible says that he called unto him and God responded and he told him, listen, go down to Kayla for I will help you. Come on. Somebody shout, God helps us. Somebody shout, God guides us. The problem is sometimes we tap into the wrong kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, and we open doors to the occult. What's another way? That, that another reason why people are so intrigued with the occult. Well, people tap into the occult to find out about their future. How many of you guys know about somebody, or maybe, maybe you yourself, you were uncertain about your future and you consulted somebody. Throw me the cards. You know, what's in, what's in my future? What do you see? Some people look into a horoscope. Or they have their cards read. 
And they do all kinds of different things to be able to know what's in the future. Will, will I be happy if I marry Ricky? If I marry this guy, is it going to end up in divorce so I won't even bother? Or will I be happy? Will I find myself if I move to another country and start fresh there? Or should I stay here? And sometimes we have a lot of questions that we don't have answers to. And we open our lives to people that are being used by the enemy to be able to wreak havoc in your life. This is something that we just should find in God. God has the answers to everything. He is your creator. He knows your ins and outs. He knows your future. And he's the one that we should go to. Yet many check to see what their sign tells them. Let me see if it's going to be a good day today. Oh, you know what? It says it's not going to be a good day. It's going to be cloudy. I'm going to stay home. I'm not going to work. You know what? Every day is good for me. For those who love God, all things work for the good. I don't have to wait on what, if the stars align and if Jupiter, you know, come on. It may seem cute, but let's be as clear as possible. The horoscope is part of the occult. So do not consult it. Don't read it because you're opening doors to the destroyer. I don't know about you, but I don't need some, I don't need signs to guide me. Nor do I need the alignment of stars to determine who am I going to marry. John 16, 13 says this. When the spirit of truth comes, you know who the spirit of truth is? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that lives inside every single believer. And Jesus is saying this obviously before he went to the cross and died because now after the cross and after the resurrection, the Holy Spirit lives inside already. So he's talking about something that's going to happen in the future which we're already enjoying. Okay, But he's telling you, look, guys, in a few days after they kill me and I resurrect, the, I'm going to leave to heaven. But the Holy Spirit has come. And when it comes, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Come on. Can somebody give God praise in this place? The Holy Spirit guides us in all truth. But not only that. It says he will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard from the Father. He will tell you about the future. So here it is for all those people that sometimes tap into all these occult things to find out about your future. Is my, is my future going to be bright? Am I making the right decisions? You know who you got to take that to? You got to take it to the spirit of truth. You got to take it to the Holy Spirit that he's already inside of you. Lead me in the direction. Lead me in the direction where my future is going to be glorious. And I want to be connected to your purpose, God. It's the spirit of truth. JTP Church, God has already made provision for us. He's made provision for you through the Holy Spirit for you to be led to the truth so that you can hear what will happen in the future. Isn't that crazy? God knows the future. And if you take some time to inquire in the presence of God when you're alone in your house, God, you know, show me things. You know, what, what, how do you want to use me? What do you have in store for me in the future? Because I don't want to just live my life the way I think is right. I know you know better than I do. Your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are greater than my thoughts. So, God, what is it that, am I standing in the way? Because it's very possible that sometimes we could even be the person that is standing in the way from God to take you where he wants to take you. You could be the obstacle in the way. So, God, man, don't let me stand in the way. Don't let me be a hindrance to what you want to do. I want to make sure I'm positioned correctly. I'm in the right place, moving in the right direction. And then God starts speaking to you and guiding you. So don't fall for the deception of the enemy. Close the door and keep the thief out.
Another reason why people tap into the occult is to talk to a loved one who has died. How many of you have heard this? Man, I'm so lost in life right now, and if I only had my grandma, if I only had my mom, I'd ask her, you know, what to do, because she was so wise. She would always give me good advice. If I could only, and sometimes we open doors to the enemy who only comes to steal, kill, and destroy because we, we try to go to a medium to talk to this person. And we've all heard stories of people that, oh, they've connected to, and they heard their grandma speaking to them. It wasn't their grandma. It was a demon. It was a demon. But, but pastor, I mean, you wouldn't believe it. They knew things that only my grandma and I knew. But they, you see, you forget that it, right now there's angels all over the place. The spirit world cannot be seen, but there's demons and there's angels wherever we walk, wherever we go. They hear what we say. They know the places that we frequent. And sometimes you think that, oh, I'm consulting a medium to see what my mom has to say, to see what, my, what this family member that I love so much and that I lost, see what they would tell me, you know. And sometimes we open doors and we don't even realize the chaos that we're bringing into our lives. In 1 Samuel, we find the story of the first king of Israel. You see, the people of God, Israel, before they were governed by kings, they were led by um, judges. There were these people that God would lift up and give supernatural grace to do amazing things. You guys heard of Samson, remember? The guy that when the Holy Spirit came upon him, he just killed a thousand Philistines with a donkey's bone, a donkey's jaw. I mean, just crazy things. God started using amazing things. But the people of God said, hey, every other kingdom has a king. Why don't we have a king? We want a king. And they started, you know, they started saying, we want a king, we want a king, we want a king to the point that God said, listen, I'm your king, but if you guys want a physical king, fine. And God just allowed them to have a king. The first king of Israel, his name was Saul. And he was a young man. He was tall. He was strong, handsome, but he had very low self-esteem. But the Bible says that God saw something good in him and he, and he prepared him. And the Bible says that when, when he was about to become a king, God changed them because how many of you believe that God changes people? supernaturally, right? You could be a person that all you did is wrong in your life, but the minute you come to Christ, he could change you, and you could be a person that will bear fruits for the kingdom from this day to the day that Jesus comes for you. Those are the type of things that God does. So God changed this young man's heart, made him strong. He was very uh, not confident. He had low self-esteem, but he gave him everything that he needed to be the first king of Israel, and he did great. He started overcoming battles in, in favor of God's people. They won. They beat the Philistines. They kicked them out of their land. I mean, things were going well until he started loving the applause of people. And that was his downfall. It got to the point where he wanted to please people more than pleasing God. So he did a couple of things that were up to no good. And Jesus and God said, listen, that's it. I'm done with him. So later on in life, you see, the way things worked back then was that God will speak to the prophet. Back then, the prophet's name was Samuel. So God would talk to Samuel, and Samuel, the prophet, would talk to the king, and then the king will talk to the people and say what God said. But Samuel had died, and this guy was up to no good, so he wanted to talk to Samuel to get direction from God because he had a battle coming. He needed a war strategy, and since prophet Samuel had died, he decided to go to a medium to talk to the prophet who had already died. And when he went to see the medium, 
Supposedly, Samuel came out and started talking to him, but we all know it wasn't Samuel. What was it? A demon, right. It was a demon. So a demon starts talking, and everything the demon said to Saul happened. Why is that? Well, you see, when you go see a medium, when you go open your, your heart to these type of things, they're going to tell you certain things, and you're, in essence, giving your soul to them. So everything that they say, it's going to come to pass. The demons are going to make sure that everything they're saying is going to happen. You're, open, you're, you're opening your heart to destruction. You're opening your heart to how the enemy works. Leviticus 19.31 says, Do not defile yourself by turning to mediums or those who consult with the spirits of the dead I am the Lord your God. So who is writing this? God himself. And what is he saying? He says, listen, don't consult mediums. Don't consult and don't talk to those people that supposedly call the spirits of the dead and they say that. No, don't do that. I am the Lord your God. And it tells you why. Because we defile yourself. Another version in Spanish says that we contaminate ourselves when we do that. We open our doors to things that are evil. We're talking about today of how to keep the thief out. The thief that comes just to kill, steal, and destroy. We don't want that. We want life and abundant life. Amen? Everybody here with me? But so then what do we got to do? We got to keep the thief out. And this is one of the reasons or one of his strategies that he has to come in. In the book of Deuteronomy, as I close, chapter 18, verse 9 through 12 the Bible says this, when you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, be very careful not to imitate the detestable customs of the nations living there. Let's stop there for a second. Now this was when God was, you know, he set all of God's people free from Egypt. Remember the, the, the whole story of Moses and the deliverer and whatnot. They opened the Red Sea. God opened the Red Sea. They crossed Okay, so God is giving them after 40 days walking in the desert, 40 years, sorry. They're finally going into Canaan, the land of blessing, the land that they had been waiting for, the land of prosperity, the land that flows milk and honey. But God is telling them, listen, when you go in there, make sure that you keep all the commandments that I gave you because those commandments will protect you. You see, some people don't like the fact that God in his word tells us, to stay away from certain things. It's not to keep you from having fun. It's actually to protect you so that you won't, you know, fall into pit holes. So God is telling you, listen, when you go into these lands, you're going to find all kinds of people. You're going to drive them out. But be careful not to adopt their customs. Because the reason why I am giving you their land and they're being kicked out is because they tapped into these things. These very things that they do and that they worship are causing them to be kicked out. Whereas because you guys have me as your God, I am giving you this land. So God tells them specific things. For example, in verse 10, it says, Never sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering. The people in Canaan, the Canaanites, would do this. They would sacrifice their sons and daughters for their God or for their whatever they believed in. And then he says, and do not let your people practice fortune telling or use sorcery or interpret omens or engage in witchcraft 
or cast spells or function as mediums or physics or call forth the spirits of the dead. Is this clear enough for y'all? Yeah, is it pretty, is it clear to understand? There ain't no deciphering here. There ain't no, you know, formulas or some weird stuff. It's pretty clear. He's telling them, look, these things, these things will cause and bring ruin to your life when you tap into these things. Be careful with sorcery. Be careful with physics, with the mediums, with interpreting omens. We're engaging in witchcraft, with fortune telling. Don't cast spells. Nowadays you go into Islands of Adventure or Universal Studios and you know with the whole Harry Potter craze and it's so appealing, right? Because I mean, here's Harry Potter. He's a, he's a cute little boy and he's, you know, he's poor. And all of a sudden, you know, through these incantations, he could, you know, have a better life. He, he could overcome evil and do these things in Hollywood. And we don't realize that there's powers of darkness behind all this. And then, I mean, and it happens to me. I mean, who doesn't want to go over there and buy a little wand and, you know, cast your own spells, right? It's, it's cool. And you don't realize that you're tapping into things that are opening doors, people. Listen. This is, this is not a joke. This is not a joke. You're opening doors to certain things that could come into your life to steal, kill, and destroy. So in verse 12, it says, anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. It is because the other nations have done these detestable things that the Lord your God will drive them out ahead of you. So the Bible is very clear. I think that what God is trying to tell us today is to be able to have our eyes open and make sure that the enemy doesn't come into our lives to bring misery. Sometimes we don't realize why we, and I'm not saying this is the case all the time, but sometimes because you open doors to these kind of things, it causes your body to be sick. It causes you to suffer panic attacks. It brings all kinds of stuff that affects not just your body, but sometimes even your future, even your emotional state. Because demons, when you give them entry, they come not just to, sometimes they possess, but they, sometimes they cause you to obsess about things. They, they shift your behavior. You could have been a person that's always happy and all of a sudden, man, you haven't smiled in months. What's going on? Some, you've opened the door to something. Something's causing you and we don't realize it. But this is what I love about the word of God because it's all plain and simple. It's all here, black and white. You see, this is your instruction manual. And the last thing, the devil who has come to steal, kill and destroy your life and your family, because that's all he does. The last thing he wants you to do is to read this. So he's going to try to, you know, bring as many opposition as he can or distractions so that you don't read this book so that you don't pray to your God but I thank God for the United States of America that we could have church here that we could freely preach the gospel of Jesus Christ we could get into people's homes and we could say listen this is the truth Jesus came so that you can have life and life in abundance that's Jesus kingdom of light Whereas the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. So I think that today, maybe this is something that, you know, you've never had to deal with. Or maybe there's, these are some of the things that we mentioned today are things that you tapped into or just unknowingly you've messed with or you played with. 
what we're gonna do today is just gonna be able to renounce to those things. Because the Bible says that when you open a door to the enemy, he has legal authority to come and do what he knows how to do, steal, kill, and destroy. So how do you shut the door? How do you kick him out? It's by renouncing. There's a powerful word in the scriptures. It's, it's actually the, the word that Jesus started off his ministry with. And so did John the Baptist. Repent. What is repentance? It's saying, man, I've messed up. I did something I didn't know. Forgive me, God. I'm not going to do it again. That's repentance. It's not just I messed up, but I'm going to do it again. It's repentance. Repentance means admitting your fault, but turning the other way and walking away from that that you were doing. So I believe that this is a morning or an afternoon, better said, of freedom. If you've tapped into any of these things that I've talked to you, about today and that we've seen through the word of God there is freedom in this place and I believe that God is going to set you free and we're going we're gonna to do a prayer right now we're going to ask God for forgiveness we're going to shut those doors and the second thing we're going to do is once we shut that door and then the enemy has no authority over our lives whatever demon was disturbing us or was controlling us or affecting us or obsessing us he's going to have to flee but guess what we learned today and he's going to be walking around and he's going to want to come back in. So what you got to do is make sure that your spirit life is filled, that there's no room for any demon inside. So he doesn't come with his seven little friends that are worse than him. And then you end up worse than what you are now. So how do I do that, Pastor? Man, you're, the Bible teaches us to live a life in the spirit. And I don't have so much time to get into this, but it's not complicated. It talks about you communicating with God. It talks about you praying and asking the Holy Spirit to fill you, right? It's, it's simple. Start reading the Bible. How do you keep these demons from coming in? Live a life that pleases God. Read the Bible. Pray. Ask God for to, to show you, just like David did. God, show me the future. Show me. What am I supposed to guide me? What should I do? And God answered David. And you know what? The day of tomorrow, you're going to say, and God answered John. And God answered David. And God answered Carlos. And God answered Jeremy. And God answered all of you. Why? Because we tapped into it. So it's not just a matter of renouncing. You say, oh God, I messed up. You know, I played the Ouija board one day when I was a senior in high school. And some crazy things started happening. Yeah, you opened the door to the spirit realm of evil. But now we're going to close it. But that is not enough. You're going to get out of here and you have to start working on your spiritual life. Because God's going to set you free. But you got to fill that empty space with God. How do you do it? Prayer. Start praying, saying, God, fill me. I want to know you. Fill me with your presence. Guide me. I want you to be the one that guides me now. I want you to be the one that tells me what my future is, what you want me to do from here on out. And when you start doing that, God's going to take you up on his word. He's going to say, oh, here I am. I have legal right legal authority he gave me permission she gave me permission i'm gonna come in and i'm gonna guide this person who probably was wandering around through life but now i'm gonna bring direction now i'm gonna bring purpose now i'm gonna bring destiny how many say amen stand on your feet church next week we'll talk about a few other doors that we need to make sure that they stay shut so that we keep the thief out and I think the Holy Spirit or God has spoken to us. And I know many of us coming from Hispanic backgrounds, we were very much exposed to Santeria 
and through brujería and all these things, el chango y el egua and all these weird things, right? And sometimes we submit ourselves because a family member says, no, what you, you, this is what you got to do. You got to do this because you're going to have peace of mind. You're going to have a protector on your side. <laughs> protector. And we've opened the doors so all these things could mess us up. But today, God is going to grant us freedom. And the Bible says that he who the Son sets free is what? Come on, church, say it loud like you believe it. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. There's nothing like living in freedom and saying, I'm walking, I'm guided by God. He has the best interest in, in mind. He's going to guide me through, you know, through prosperity. He's going to open doors that I can't open on my own. There's nothing like living in God's freedom. So I'm going to ask all of you guys to close your eyes and we're going to pray. And what I pray that the Holy Spirit does now as we, as we enter into this last moment of the service is that he would start bringing to memory and to mind situations in the past that you probably tapped into things that were detrimental to you things where you've opened the door for these evil things to come and now wreak havoc in your life and lord i pray now that you would show us the open doors of our lives doors that we have opened to give the enemy permission to influence and bind us speak to us god show us what are the things that in our past we've accessed and we've opened up so that the enemy could come and wreak havoc. And if God spoke to you today, this is the time to ask for forgiveness. This is the time to repent, to say, God, look, I'm sorry, I didn't know what I was doing. I opened up doors that I didn't know that would come and be detrimental to me, to my health, to my family. But I, God, I wanna ask for forgiveness, I repent. That's what that word means. I repent, God, from these things, from opening these doors. Forgive me, Lord, because I still read the horoscope or because I paid someone to read me their tarot cards or the lines in my hands. Or You may have ignored how big of a deal this is, but today God has shown you the truth. So just ask God right there as you are for forgiveness. Tell him in your own words. Open your mouth and say, God, forgive me. Forgive me. I repent. I'm sorry, God. I've done something that is wrong. Today, I, I realized it through your word that these things are detestable to you, but I want to be on a good account with you. I don't want to have anything between you and me because I know that you're the one who gives me life and life more abundant. So I want to close the door today to everything that has come that is negative, and I want to keep the thief out. Father, I thank you for each person who is experiencing true deliverance right now through renouncing to their mistakes and confessing their sins. Now, Holy Spirit, the second part, I pray that you fill every single life now with your presence. I pray, God, that whenever that evil spirit wants to come and try to, try to mess around with their lives, mess around with their health, mess around with their purpose and their destiny, I pray that they will find a house, not that's empty and swept away, a house that's filled and occupied by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that you would start awakening a true and intense desire to seek you, God, to seek your presence, to seek your, 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 your life, to seek your face. I pray, God, that you would start instilling people, God, on the inside, instilling Father, a true desire to be able to know you, to be able to feel you, to be able to connect with you, to inquire, just as we inquired through other things. Now, we're going to start inquiring after you and asking you to guide us and asking you to be able to lead us, God. And I believe that a true transformation is happening today by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, 
I thank you. Amen. Close your eyes right there where you are. If you ever tapped into any of these things that we talked about today, just say this really loud. Say, say, I renounce to any type of a cult. And mention specifically what you tapped into. To reading the horoscope. I, I renounce to open the door to the occult, God. Father, I close that door. Come on, tell them. Lord, I close that door forever in my life. My doors will only open to you. In Jesus' name, amen.